Here we go on a Tuesday. Welcome back to To The Point Podcast. Everybody's doing well. I know I am another beautiful day here. And I mentioned next week yesterday, if you listen to the show yesterday, next week is the dark zone of the sports calendar where there is no sports. There's nothing. There's the all-star game, which I I could care less about the all-star game. It's the most boring thing ever. But this week, we got content up the wazoo. We got all kinds of things happening today. It's We got free agency in the NHL tomorrow, which I'm really excited for. Can't wait for that to, to pop up, see what each team does. We got lots of signings to announce today. And we, we had a move in the NHL last night. We got a few. A few interesting moves that I find really compelling that – to me, to me could really shape and will separate teams because Washington not qualifying Ilya Samsonov is extremely interesting to me. They have no goaltenders on the roster right now. I hope that means good fortune and good things for Zach Lucali, friend of the podcast. I really hope that can happen, but they don't have a goalie. But the move of the night and as you all know, Seamus, my, my good co-host, joins on Tuesdays. And he might join early. I just got a text from him. And I, I, I want to talk about the Matt Murray situation, but I want to allow Seamus, who's a Leafs fan, that's important. That's important perspective. When you can find a fan of a team and get their real genuine thoughts, it's, I think that's important to have. So he might join in a little bit. So I'm going to let him, I'm not going to talk about Matt Murray until he hops on because there's other things, there's other interesting moves that I think are just as compelling to me anyway. And let's start with the piece in Pittsburgh for me. Evgeny Melkin is headed to unrestricted free agency for the first time in his career. Pittsburgh Penguins and his representatives have been working on a deal for some time, but they haven't been able to come together. And now, as we head into the eve of free agency, Evgeny Malkin will test the market and they'll see what's available. And to me, I've criticized teams about legacy contracts. I've criticized teams for overspending and being desperate to be relevant, to try to be good. And I didn't love the Chris Letang deal. I still don't love it. Six years, the fact that you give a – I get it. Yeah, he's been there for – he's a great guy. Chris Letang, French, you put him at the draft in Montreal. Great. Love – great story. Love it. Great. Good guy, Chris Letang. Good-looking guy, whatever. But through all that, they might have listened to me last week. I met Berkey once. We had a good rapport. I think I was eight or nine years old, but I we had, we had a bond, me and Berkey. I, I truly believe that, and – you know, he might he might have heard me just through the ecos and said, you know what? I gotta stop giving out these contracts to guys that I wasn't here to win cups with. Dan Balsma was coaching and Mike Sullivan and different Ray Shiro was general manager. It wasn't Brian Burke, it wasn't Ron Ron Hextall. They have no ties to these players. One thing I've learned listening to a great podcast that I recommend is called Nothing Personal, is it's in business. It's just business. It's nothing personal. And the Pittsburgh Penguins 
want to stay relevant. They want to compete for championships. And I applaud what they're doing. They're trying to stick it, but they're trying to keep winning. I'm all for that. You got Sidney Crosby. See what you can do at the back end of his career. But to me, the Pittsburgh Penguins want to stay relevant. They want to stay competitive. Moving off of Evgeny Malkin is the perfect way to do that. Let me put it this way. If I could have Evgeny Malkin for four years, or could I have Ryan Strom for two, I'll take Ryan Strom. Evgeny Malkin is not an elite player anymore. I don't think he's a half, I don't think he's above average anymore. Evgeny Malkin is just a guy. He's a jag. And he's come up. He signed a long-term deal. He signed that, by the way. So I have no sympathy for players that sign long-term contracts. You had that decision. Your, your agent thought it was a good idea. You're off it now. He'd love one last payday. He'd love to remain a penguin. But sometimes players leave. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have options. I mentioned Ryan Strom. I think Nazem Kadri is going somewhere in the Metropolitan Division. I could be wrong. The Calgary uh, rumor is still out there, and I, I could see that as a fit. You lose Goudreau, you sign Kadri. But if you lose Latang, could you get Nazem Kadri for a bargain? He's not going to sign for the four and a half like he did in Toronto in his first contract. But if he was going to a team that he felt could win, would he sign for six? Would he sign for six and a half if he knows he's a one-two combination with Sidney Crosby? He was just on a team where he was the number two by Nathan McKinnon. Nazem Kadri knows he's not a number one center. He's okay with it. He doesn't fight that opinion. He just plays his game. That's what he does. To me, it's a perfect fit. Just like in Washington, it would be a perfect fit. But in the big picture, I credit organizations that realize, yes, we have an all-time great player. Yes, we have a guy that is transcendent, that has changed his friend. He's a top 75 player, no doubt about it, Evgeny Malkin. But he's not what he used to be. He's not even close to what he used to be. And oh, he's also injury prone up the wazoo. So you got a guy who isn't as talented as he used to be. His speed is significantly decreased. He's injured all the time. And so what's good? But the best thing that he does for you is that he gives you good nostalgic vibes about when you did win. Wow. Again, I'm not the most nostalgic pers person in the world. I've never been criticized for being overly emotional. But come on. The best thing he's providing is, well, I, we had good feelings when he was here last. Remember in 09, 16, and 7? Those were good times when Gino was Gino. He's Evgeny now. He's back to his first name. He lost the, the nickname because he isn't that guy. He's a Hall of Famer. He's an all-time great player. But he's not that dude anymore. There's no way I'm signing Evgeny Malkin to a four-year contract. Zero chance. There's no way I'm... If he wanted two years, eight million, I'd do that deal. Because you'd find value. I'm not signing him for over $5 million. I just, I can't. Because I want to stay, I want to win games. I want to remain in the hunt. I want to provide a team 
to me, I, I've said this a couple weeks ago. It might have been a month ago now. Time is linear. That you can't go into next season with the same exact team and tell a guy like Sidney Crosby, yeah, our goal this year is to win a, win a title, to win the cup. I don't think he's going to buy it. I really don't because this core has lost in the first round since they won their last cup in 17. Scratch that. They won the second round. They got to the second round in 18, but they lost to Washington. Since then, they have not won a playoff round. Since 2018, the Pittsburgh Penguins have not won a playoff round. That's what Crosby, that's what Malkin, that's what Latang, Dumoulin go through their team. Pieces have gone. Pieces have been brought in. They haven't won one since. They've gone through different management. They've gone. They've got a new GM present. It doesn't matter. Not much changes. So to run it back with the same core and expect a different result to me is pretty crazy. Because this isn't Pittsburgh isn't Colorado where we were really close and we had some success and we're going to roll with it because Malkin isn't Kadri. Latang isn't Makar. He isn't Byron for that matter. I don't know. To me, it's the it's the best move Pittsburgh can make is move off of him. It will hurt his feelings for a day until some desperate team, which there always is, will come out and give him a contract that he doesn't deserve. They'll give him a good payday and he'll look around saying, wow. I feel valued. I'm going to stick at the pitch for good. He could be motivated going into the next season. That's fine. But if you find a suitable replacement that's better than him, you got the last laugh because your team is going to be better in the long run than his team. You'll have more success. You'll, you'll just be better. It's extremely interesting what's happening between Pittsburgh and Evgeny Malkin to me. Last Friday, there was a report that came out. Malkin texted his teammates saying that he didn't think management thought he was any good anymore. Did I send that text? Was that, Am I in management? Did I, did I send that text to Berkey? It might have got crossed. Or it got sent to Evgeny, and I, I meant to send it to Berkey. Yeah. I'm of that opinion. You're not good anymore. And his... His effort decreases year over year over year. His give-a-shit meter continues to go down. I wouldn't want him back. Ryan Strome, Nazem Kadri, Player X. You'll find a better... You'll better... You'll find a better player. And I think you can find one for cheap. Is Vincent Trocek as good of a player as, as Evgeny Malkin? No. But I think he'd fit well on that team. And you wouldn't be able to afford him if you got Evgeny Malkin at seven, eight million dollars. You can't you can't sign him to that deal and look people in the eye and say, we're going to be competitive this season. Just can't happen. Pittsburgh's being smart in this in this situation. They were signed Ricard Raquel. He's a 29-year-old forward. I hate long-term contracts to guys pushing 30. Hasn't worked out. Look around the league. So, again, this is a contract I don't love from Pittsburgh. But unfortunately, 
isn't it isn't the NBA. But when guys are free agents, they can demand what they want. And ultimately, teams are going to give in because they want the talent. It would have been hard to replace Raquel. And also, Pittsburgh traded for Raquel at the trade deadline. You don't want to lose an asset for nothing. You want to keep him on your roster. He's starting to fit in. You expect him to have a big season. So, again, I don't love the deal. He's 29. He's had some injury problems. But you got to hope. I'm sure Pittsburgh's hoping he can have a couple 30-goal seasons, and in the back half of the deal, is maybe it doesn't look so great. But again, Raquel's 29. Malkin's in his mid to late 30s. He needs to – they need to prioritize, prioritize winning, point blank. They're bringing back Jari. They're bringing back to Smith. They got a good goalie tandem. It's pretty stable. You got to hope Doomling can stay healthy. He's a, such so important to their team. He just can't seem to stay healthy. And to me, they could use another defenseman on the back end that can play minutes. My, Matheson is not a guy for me that I love to see play big minutes for that team. Makes too many mistakes. He's played better in Pittsburgh than he ever did in Florida. But to, I still like to have another guy so that he can p- get pushed down the lineup. So that's something in free agency. I think they need to covet. They need to push for. It's unfortunate for them. They couldn't get Tony D'Angelo. He goes to Philadelphia. They couldn't have afforded him. But he's a guy that could have helped their power play and lessened the load on Chris Letang. Like I mentioned, Chris Letang's 35 years old. He's not a spring chicken anymore either. And you, he's going to hit the wall eventually. You just got to hope it's not right around the corner. But I... Malkin has not moved on officially. He hasn't signed anywhere. We're not in free agency. But now that he's hitting free agency, I expect him to go to another team. The only way he goes back to Pittsburgh is if he hits the market and the market tells him what Pittsburgh's been telling him. You're not worth this anymore. And I also think for Malkin, potentially why this isn't completely done, although for Pittsburgh, for me, it's done. You didn't take the deal. We're moving on. That's how I'd approach it. I'd approach it like the Freddie Freeman situation. Freddie Freeman with the Braves, he didn't get back to them. He, he kind of hemmed and hawed, and he thought they'd give in to his contract demands. They didn't. They decided to trade for Matt Olson, and now he's bitching about it months later. He's crying about the fact that he's not in Atlanta. Well, you gave him your contract offer. It's now time for you to move on, sign another center, and force him to go elsewhere. But something that fans and media, to some extent, I believe get wrong, is that just because you have a special player from the past, and if he's a free agent, it means you have to re-sign him. It means you have to show him the utmost respect. It means you need to walk with kid gloves, and you can't even consider moving on from a guy that isn't what he used to be. And that's just stupid business. That's being a fan. That's not that's not playing smart. I'm all for fans. I, I love fandom. Again, I'm not a fan of any team, so I, I try to understand that logic. But I love that you have ties to players, and, and you love them, and you retire their jersey, and you have all those special moments, and blah, blah, blah. Melkin can do that. He can come back to Pittsburgh. He can celebrate his cups. They can have reunions. Great. He's not that player anymore. 
Pittsburgh is better off without him. Might sound harsh. To me, it's just the truth. Special player that has gone through a lot of wars, played a lot of hockey. Maybe he can find some success elsewhere in a lesser role. To me, in Pittsburgh, he'll always be asked to be a, a major player, and I don't think he'll be able to live up to it with, with the type of money that he's trying to, to get on the open market. Let's go to Washington. I find this move incredibly interesting where on Friday, the Washington Capitals traded goaltender Vitek Vanacek to the New Jersey Devils. And this was a little surprising to me, although I did think they'd want to move one goalie because they they were looking for a new goalie in free agency. We're thinking of one, one last push for a cup. So they trade Vanacek. He's now going to be in a partnership with Mackenzie Blackwood, New Jersey, and you have Samsonov, and you're looking for another guy to come in. But we're, it's, yesterday was Monday, and as I mentioned yesterday in the podcast, Monday, the Monday before free agency is the qualifying offer day, where teams have to look at all the restricted free agents and decide if they want to send them a qualifying offer. If they send them a qualifying offer, the, the player can accept it, or they can go into salary arbitration, and they can figure out a contract for the next season. You also have the option as a team to, to not extend a qualifying offer, which makes every player that does not receive one a unrestricted free agent. So I just thought, well, Ilya Samsonov's a restricted free agent. He got drafted by the Capitals. He was a first-round pick. They expected him to be a, to do great things, but ultimately last year he lost his net to Vanacek at times. And But I do still think he's a young goalie. You can bring bring in a veteran, some sort. Samsonov can remain on your roster. But boy, was I wrong. Because last night, Washington did not extend a qualifying offer to Samsonov, making him a free agent. And my my main intrigue is not that you know they didn't qualify him, because as a goalie, he's average. He's nothing, he's nothing to brag about. As I mentioned, he's had an up and down career, he had a hot start. Since then, it's really gone downhill, and each year his stats get worse. But I just thought you you need a goalie in place, so you'll keep him for a little bit anyway. He's now gone, so Washington does not have an NHL goaltender on their roster. No Samsonov, no Vanacek. The only goaltender with limited NHL experience on the on the technic, technically on the roster is Zach Fucali, who's the starting goaltender for the Hershey Bears in the American League. So. Zach is sitting there under contract for next season, although it's a two-way deal. But as we currently stand, Washington does not have an NHL pro goaltender. And this is an interesting strategy for sure because they head into free agency with all that pressure to do it. And there's only a few options available. You know, there's the Darcy Kemper. There's Jack Campbell, who, to me, Jack Campbell is going to be an Edmonton Oiler, so I almost take that off the board. So it's, you're looking at it and you're saying, well, it's it's Darcy Kemper. Matt Murray's in Toronto. There's only so many goalies available. And to me, they must be confident that they're going to be able to get a deal done with Darcy Kemper, throw a large amount of money at him, and he'll go to Washington. Because I don't see a great option. I don't see a solution that that makes a whole lot of sense for the otherwise. Because 
unless they're willing to take a chance on Freddie Anderson and, and Carolina's willing to trade him, which I haven't heard any rumors about, but again, there's no way I'm taking Freddie Anderson on my roster because I don't trust the guy. Unless there's something like that where a trade can be made, Washington can pull off a move for John Gibson, although it sounds like Gibson does not want to leave Anaheim. His report the other day that he had no interest in playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He wanted to stay in Anaheim. So to me, it's Kemper or bust for the Washington Capitals. I don't see a goalie that's going to be available. There'll be more teams searching for one. To me, the, the Ottawa Senators, yes, they're making moves to get better. They still don't have a goalie. Anton Forsberg is not a starting goaltender in the NHL. You could lump him into a tandem, okay, but he's not a starter. Philip Gustafson hasn't proven anything at the NHL level. To me, he's proven that he can't play at the NHL level. So they're still sitting there without a goaltender. But that that's one thing to me that I see, I think it's going to happen 100%, is Darcy Kemper will end up in the nation's capital. For him, it, it's twofold. They're going to give him the most money because they're in a desperate situation right now. They don't have a goaltender. They need one. And for him, I think he can sell it. He'll get a good chunk of change. But he's also going to a place where they are a perennial playoff team and he can market it that, hey, I still have a chance to win a cup after leaving a team that just won one. So, because unless Cam Talbot is traded from Minnesota, which I don't think Bill Guerin wants to do, I don't think he wants to trade Cam Talbot knowing that he can have a really good tandem and it's less of a load on Marc-Andre Fleury. Because there's no other starters available. It's razor, razor thin. Jake Allen is not going to get traded for Montreal with the uncertainty involving Carey Price. The goaltending market is, is so fascinating. Because... You know, Sergey Bobrovsky is sitting there in Florida, and he's got a full no no move. So we get to pick where he goes. But do I? I think uh, Florida would deal him if they could. But I think some of these teams should consider asking about him because he's he's a starting goaltender in this league. He's a guy that can perform. Yes, he's had his problems in the playoffs at time. He's not always dialed in, but he has won two Vesna trophies. He's a good goaltender. For Washington, for these teams, I would look into it. I think he might consider going to Washington because of the Russian heritage, because he, he's got a, a lot of fellow countrymen there. I'm sure he has some friends in Washington. I don't think he consider Ottawa, but I do think he consider Washington because of Ovechkin and because of some of the things that that you know he, he knows there. But I don't know. Teams are going to be looking for goaltenders. Maybe there's one tomorrow that we're not thinking of that just comes out of the woodwork. I have to think that. There's an American Hockey League goaltender that a team is going to take a chance on. They say, you know what, he had a really good season last year, and I'm going to look at him and see what he can do. Because that's just the position that we're in. We need to hope he can take a step and become a a true number one and and become an NHL goaltender on a day-to-day basis. Because they even look at some teams that are on the, the outskirts. Vancouver has Halak. I don't think they want Halak to be their backup goalie next year. He was horrible this season. They don't want him back. 
I could see them saying, you know, we're just going to start Michael DiPietro, who's playing in the American League. He'll be our he'll be our backup goalie at league minimum next year because we have Demko. Teams are going to be forced to do it. It'll give some opportunities in in St. Louis. I fully expect Charlie Lindgren, who's been around the NHL AHL for a long time, was originally drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. He was in St. Louis last year, and they made it to the Calder Cup final. He played solid hockey. I could see him being the backup goalie for St. Louis because he went on a deep run. He does have some NHL experience, and he's not going to cost you anything. They lost Philly Huso. You got Jordan Bennington. You go with Bennington and, and that combination. But I'm talking goalies. I talked Malkin off the top, and I didn't want to talk about a certain trade last night because nobody loves future considerations more than our guests today. And he's back after a week where he went to Cavendish, got a haircut, I see, and uh, looking looking fly as always. Uh, Shay, good to see you. Good to hear from you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Thanks. It's uh, it's good to see you too. It was nice to take a week off. I appreciate the uh, uh, the cooperation with you. At, uh, I'm excited to get back and uh, especially talk about free agency. Yeah, so before we get into the, the big trade last night, um, you're, this is your first trip to Cavendish, right? Yes, that's correct. So uh, take us through it. What was your experience like? Did you like it? Uh, <laughs> take us through the weeds. I kept getting asked, are you a country fan yet or are you a country fan yet? So I'll put that to bed to rest early. I'm, I'm not a country fan, uh, just to get Amen, that out man. there. Uh, but the event's great. Even if you're not a country fan, I think there's a lot to enjoy. Um, they set it up really, really well compared to the last country music festival I was at, uh, Carly Beach. Yeah. Um, but no, that it was exciting. Uh, some good people. Uh, got to stay with my brother and his girlfriend as well in our campsite. So to hang out with them was really nice. And uh, got to catch up with people I haven't seen in years either. So it was kind of nice. You never know. The sporadic people just kind of pop out of nowhere and you end up talking to them for 10, 15 minutes too. So. No, it was good. I know it was, uh, it was a regular for you back in your heyday, but uh, mm. yeah, maybe we'll have to get out there another time when the acts are a little bit better. Did I you – were you in a tent the whole weekend? I was I was slumming it out in the tents, yep, Marco Polo. So, yeah, tough times for your boy here. You know, I, I like to get my eight hours. I probably got like six combined over the weekend, but yeah, yeah. that's good. Tough, tough day yesterday. I was uh, sweating bullets out on the golf course, so. It was nice, nice way to kill all the rest of the beers, but uh, yeah, no, no, good, good time. Um, who's your favorite act other than Luke Combs? Other than Combs, oof. Uh, embarrassingly enough, never even got to see Darius Rucker. Uh, went went home before that. Uh, I I was told he was good, so I don't know. I he might have been good, he might not have been, but I was told he was good. So, um, I'd say Dustin Lynch was surprisingly better than I anticipated. Uh, he actually was a lot of emotion in the crowd. He was pretty good. Uh, who's the Yee Yee guy? Is there a Yee Yee guy? Uh, I forget his Yee name. Yee. Oh, Granger Smith. Yeah, Granger oh. Smith. He was not bad either. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So why did you go home before uh, Hootie? Uh, I won't say who or throw anyone under the bus, but some someone in my party was uh, wanted to go Ooh. home a little earlier. Overserved. So. Uh, not overserved. Well, yeah, a little bit overserved and a little, little just tired. The weekend got to somebody. I won't, I'm not gonna throw them under the bus, but no, I, I hear you. No, yeah. that's good. That's. I good will idea. say that Luke Combs was amazing. That was uh, one of the like, it was they the people who go regularly said it was the biggest 
person that they've ever seen there. And they said like the, just the atmosphere was unbelievable. It was 10 times better than anything they could have ever um, had in the past. So I was excited for that to just to be a part of it was nice. And we actually had decent spots to see him. So. That's good to hear. I, uh, yeah, I would love to seen him, but that's it. Like I, nobody else. No, <laughs> yeah. Nobody. It's, a, it's, it's the thing. It's a far downfall from Thursday, right? Till Saturday. So, right. Yeah. Um, you said you, you wanted to play a game before yeah, we got I have a game course. from the cap from Cavi that I wanted to play with you. Yeah. I love um, it. I want I love, I love so games. It, it incorporates sports in here. So, uh, obviously okay. being a festival, there was a ton of sports jerseys. So I want to, I want to just go through a yay or nay with you about the whether this jersey is acceptable to wear to a sports festival I'm just okay i know it's here just give me a second there's not many there's probably like six or seven but just okay just a simple oh, yay or nay um okay. first one uh milwaukee brewers christian yelich jersey yay or nay oh um wow that's a deep yeah um i'm gonna say yay he's won an mvp okay okay yeah, yeah, I would say yay too. I like, I, yeah, I, I like yay. Yeah, yes. Um, this one threw me for a loop. I, I almost, almost turned around. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, Gordon Hayward jersey. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I no, was distraught no. when I saw this in the crowd, and I was like, "Buddy, you, uh, you're a bit, yeah, big Hayward fan." Must have. Wow. Been. Yeah, Charlotte Hornets too. Like he's done nothing in Charlotte. Like if it was yeah, in yeah, Boston, no. he was better in Boston than he was in Charlotte. Yeah, and he was hurt half the time he was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, go back to uh, I'll save the the two best for last in my opinion. Anyways, um, Braden Point Tampa Bay jersey. Oh yes. Yeah, that's a yeah. My guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was I, I was I just saw it and I was like, I've never seen anyone wear a Braden Point jersey outside. No, me, me either. Tampa I've never seen anybody wear a Tampa jersey. Yeah, yeah. It was very it was shocking to say the least. Um but yeah, not not a bad jersey. Not maybe not my first choice, but um we got a JD Martinez Boston jersey. I'm not surprised to see that one. A lot of Red Sox fans and well, this a lot of neck Red of the Sox woods. Fans, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I saw two. Yay. Yeah, I saw two different ones, which I was like, okay, I didn't realize it was this popular. That I would have preferred the the Diamondbacks, JD Martinez. <laughs> well, that's actually, a, that's a fan. this 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 goes into a little bit of a throwback. Um, okay. I, I don't even think it's a throwback, I guess, but just from when he used to play there, uh, Paul Goldschmidt jersey. From before, before he played with St. Louis, yeah, with, with the D backs, love it, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, and it wasn't the like traditional red; it was like the oh, the off whites. Yeah, it was kind of like an off white. Uh, I don't even know it. It was like yeah, they got they got ugly jerseys in Arizona. Yeah, bad. yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and last but not least, this one it just put me in a blender. Like I couldn't look away from it. I I didn't know what to think. Uh, a Dallas. Stars, Miro Hiskinen jersey. White or, or uh, green. green? Not the traditional jersey either. It was like a different green jersey. I don't know. So it must have been an alternative to what they usually wear. 
I love Miro, but those jerseys are so ugly. Nay. Yeah. <laughs> Drawing them off. I wanted to, I just couldn't look away. I was like, is this guy really rocking up? You'd never get league? lost in the crowd. I'll say that. Oh, that with that green? Absolutely not. No, you're getting pinned from like 30 miles away. Right. Your girlfriend yeah. of 18 years with who's 12 drinks deep is like, yeah, I see my hubby. He's at the front of the line. <laughs> He's on the fence leaning over. Did you see any anything that was so degenerate this weekend, like a porta potty trick or somebody <laughs> urinating in the middle of like any anything that's so greasy that you can tell us about? Oh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, someone on the VIP railing, I think, went off the bars and and, and up chucked into the bar. Like uh, down below, you can go up high on the VIP, and they went down <laughs> below onto the other VIP row. That was uh, that was something. I don't think I've ever seen uh, the old up from the top rope up chuck in my life. Oh yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, that's... It, yeah it was a tough scene because everyone can see you too. It's not like you're hidden. Like it's pretty. Like you're up there in the lights. So right. Yeah. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, how much? How much were a uh, beer? Oh, it was ridiculous. It was like, um, I, it was either eight or nine dollars per like a small can, and like I think it was twelve dollars for the tall cans. Yeah, and yeah. only Coors product. Coors. Only Coors. Coors Light. Coors Banquet. At least Banquet. <laughs> I can't drink. I couldn't drink a Coors Light to save yeah, my life. Me in the time. crowd, so let's go, brother. I, I, I did politely deny, and you know me, I, I like my beers, so you know it's bad. Plus, you'll never get back. Yeah, to where you yeah. were. Yeah, exactly. Plus, the bathrooms are so far. I used to get lost when I used to go because I would just have to go pee and then never find anybody again. Yeah, yeah. Didn't were they selling um, beach? beach wood or beach chair beer beer yeah the beach chair beer was there yeah yeah the gahan beer that yeah, i think that's where gahan originated from i don't think i had any of those thank god to, like to grab an ipa or a lager in a festival just seems like a bad move i don't know maybe that's just i me. think it's a bad move every day of the week i yeah. tried sneaky one and good I, could, I didn't finish it yeah sneaky good one was the uh uh is it collapsed tide or collide tides yeah 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 collapsing like a, tides yeah. yeah it wasn't too sugary and was actually really good i enjoyed those i had that was a sneaky good one you could take away once in a while okay collapsing tides all right well, i'm happy yeah. here you had a good time because i know it's not your your Sports scene tide. but now yeah. i think for you kennedy owes you one so whatever so. concert you want to go to she yeah. might not like the music, but you sacrificed for her. So now she's got to sacrifice for you. So uh, I that's what I had in too. Yeah, that's what I had in mind too. Like I, I did this for you. You know, if the Black Keys roll into town or, you know, one of my bands, they come even remotely close. Maybe a little trip to Montreal you know, mm -hmm. times, times two. You got you to gotta go because, I mean, I, I sacrificed for you in the tent. Yeah, you slept in a tent. Like that's sacrifice. Like yeah. that, there's not much else sacrifice than being in a tent. Exactly. Exactly. No. No. Well, good. Good for you. Happy here. You had a good time. Um, I'm sure you had fun this weekend, but I don't know how much fun you're having last night when mm. you saw it come up in the clicker. And I, I didn't talk about this yet today because I wanted to wait till you got on. That your Toronto Maple Leafs made a move early in free agency. Went out and acquired Matt Murray, 2023 
third and the 2024 seventh from the Ottawa Senators for future considerations. We'll get to that in a minute. And Ottawa retains 25% of his salary the next two seasons, meaning Matt Murray will be making $4.68 million for the next two years with the Maple Leafs. What were your initial thoughts when you saw this come up on, uh, on, the, on your phone last night? I thought that this was an absolute Hail Mary from my boy Kyle Dubas. And if, you know, it, this is going to look really bad at the beginning of the year because I'll say this, Murray on a, on a good team, maybe, maybe okay. Maybe if he has some defensemen in front of him. Mm. I don't know if Toronto has good enough defensemen to look, make him look good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If this is the Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah, you know, he, he probably stands a good chance. Colorado. But, yeah, like a team with quality defensemen might work. But Matt Murray, like this guy was in the AHL last year. Yeah. He, was, he was slumming it up. Soggy hot dogs. Like, oh, I, I don't know. It's a scarce goalie market. I will say that. This is this is by far like looking like the, the lowest of low with like three guys you can maybe choose from. But if the answer is Matt Murray, I mean, that's just it's hard to hard to fathom in my mind. Yeah. What I find funny is it's so polarizing because it's either it's great or it's bad. And people that are, are for it are like, I can't believe people are criticizing Matt Murray. Mm. And I obviously had to come back at some people on Twitter last night because I said, well, he did quit on the Ottawa Senators. And he also would get into starts and just be like, ah, I'm done. Hurt my leg or, you know, not real injuries. Like that yeah. was talked about. And I agree. It's it's a hail mary, and I can't believe they didn't retain fifty percent. I would have I would have liked more. You're still paying him close to five million bucks for a guy that was like you said an AHLer last year. Mm-hmm. You know, riding the bus in Belleville. Yes, he's won Stanley Cups, but since he since he left Pittsburgh, it's been nothing but disaster for him. Mm-hmm. And An awful I, I guess what this proves is if you played for Sault Ste. Marie, if you've ever gone to that city, if you've ever been close, Matt, Kyle Dubas will give you a chance because he, that's all he, yeah. that's all the players he picks is Sault Ste. Marie guys. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be, I'd be a little upset making this move as a, if I, if I was Shanahan, like, why, like, why are you, are you just favoring Sioux guys that, Anyways, it doesn't make much sense. And like that tangent of him and Shalgren, I'm assuming Jerry, your boy Jerry Shalgren will be the backup. Yeah, Jerry. That's, yeah. that's not much better than you know the old injured Mrazek looking like the guy off SpongeBob, where his fucking legs and arms and knees are broken. Like, yeah, that's yeah, that's not good. And I mean, the, the thing is, if Matt Murray was your backup, sure, maybe that would work. He may right. be a quality backup. You retain 50 percent of his salary. You know, you maybe say F the picks. I'm, I'm assuming Ottawa just wanted to get his contract off the books, which 100%. obviously, obviously yeah. they did a great job of doing so. Like, what's a third and seventh going to do for you? Not much, probably. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they got they got so many picks. They were just like, okay, we need to get rid of these anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, for a few, I've never, I've heard in baseball many times, we've traded this guy for future considerations. Josh Donaldson was traded for future considerations a few times. Yeah. He, I've never seen a hockey trade where it's future considerations. Yeah, you know, they yeah. should have just said cap space. You traded Matt Murray and these two picks for cap space for Ottawa because for them, they don't have a goalie. Are they going to ride with Forsberg and Gustafson? Jesus, I, I 
I'd rather ride with that than than pay, I guess, Matt Murray a bunch of money. But the fact that they're willing to trade a goalie in division to their biggest rival would tell me all I need to know about what they think about Matt Murray and his potential health and his mindset going forward. Yeah, yeah. The only, and I mean the only positive, is thinking he's going to get a fresh start. Maybe maybe it just the, the bad blood and, you know, the tension in Ottawa just grew so highly with him. You know what I mean? He got so pissed off with being sent down, put on waivers and all that, that he's just saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to play my ass off. I'm going to show you that I can be a great goaltender. I just didn't have the opportunity here to do so. And as a Leafs fan, that's all you got to hope for. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a happy camper waking up knowing Matt Murray's my starting goaltender, but I, it's what we're stuck with now. So would you rather have Matt Murray or Elias Samsonov? Uh, oh, oh, I guess. I'd say so. I'd still say Matt Murray. I don't know. Sam Sonoff still has a lot to grow on. He is not, mm. he's not carved out anything just yet. And I, and the thing is you see the potential with Murray because obviously he was fantastic in those cups. So like, mm. can you get that Matt Murray back? And that's all on him and how they develop him going forward. But yeah, I mean, if it, if it turns out to be great, the contract will look good. It means Jack Campbell was going to get paid more than 4.7 million. You know what I mean? Like obviously mm. they weren't even close in numbers that, he, he thought he was worth way more, which newsflash, he's not. He only had one, had half a good season in his career. Right. So so if, if you're able to get something cheaper with more potential, maybe that's the answer. Yeah, it's def- definitely a risk. I mean, for they still open up some money that they could maybe do something in free agency of, of you know, something mm-hmm. noteworthy. Something they have the goaltending yeah. situation set up, so – to me, it's it's still the back end. We talked to me. Uh, that's what you need to figure out because you you've got Matt Murray, get some defensemen in front of him. To ask Giordano to play top six minutes to uh, top four minutes in the in the playoffs, even throughout this whole season, is stupid yeah. to me because he's thirty nine years old and he got worse as the season went on when he was in Toronto. So to me, finding it easier said than done, but finding a defenseman that you can afford to bring in to play in the top four is imperative for the Toronto Maple Leafs. How would you feel about signing Labushkin back? Is that, a, is that an option for you, or is that something you'd rather explore? Differently I, I would absolutely explore it because he's he brings something different to the table. He absolutely. brings nothing offensively, but to me he has, was a good pair with – I think he can play with Riley. I think he can play with anybody. You know, he, yeah. He's yeah. like Muzzin, but again, he – Bring something different, and I think you can play him. He can play your Jalmerson role. Like in Chicago, he can just be on the ice. You don't have to worry about him making mistakes, and he gets the puck out of the zone and throws the occasional hit. The ideal world, Justin Hall is out and Labushkin's in, but Hall's going to be – I think Hall's going to be tough to move, honestly. Like you might be taking those picks you just got from Ottawa and sending him another way. That's right. the only way you get rid of a guy like that. And uh, going back to Giordano, I hope Giordano isn't, you know, expected to play 82 games. I, I'd like him more as like a rest guy. He comes in with experience. He's right. around the guys. He's got that leadership that, you know, he's pro- probably brought in for really. And uh, he plays like 60, 65 games. You know, I don't want him to see him out there every night. Like you said, he'll grow tired pretty quickly. Yeah. Especially if you have Lilligren hanging around and, mm who knows with Sandine because it doesn't look like they're on great terms right now. It kind of seems like Dubas is okay with him leaving. 
Mm. I think he's a little frustrated with that negotiation and how it's going. In a, I think Labushkin would be fine to bring back. I think in a perfect world to get a guy like a Josh Manson. Yeah, in a perfect world. In a perfect world, I don't, I doubt it because he just won a cup. His value is at its all time highest, and I, I, I thought he would have been a fit for a couple of years, and they never pulled the trigger. But that, that would be a great fit if they could make that work. What about giving up a guy like Muzzin? If it means creating room and getting in like a Josh Manchin or, you know, a combination of guys. Right. I think if you got rid of Muzzin, I think you have to be to a team that obviously wouldn't need you to retain salary. So you'd have to be traded to a bad team like a Arizona or who they've done business with a lot lately uh, with, with the uh, Richie deal. And then they, they got Cassie in there. They just got the, Bad contracts galore down there in Arizona. The Connor Bedard watch there at ASU. But, um, yeah, I, I think definitely finding a team that doesn't need to retain salary. And then if, if you move Muzzin and you knew you're getting Manson, I think that works because Manson's a better version of, of Muzzin right now. You know, he's, he's almost Muzzin when Muzzin was in L.A. winning Cups. Yeah, yeah, he brings a good element, and he's. I think he's got a lot of offset, uh, offensive upside that he doesn't yes. always show. I mean, he he's a better skater than people think too. Yeah, he's got a, he's bad and he's got his good and bad games when he was playing in Colorado on that Cup run. But when he was playing well, I mean, he was a threat um, on two hundred uh, two hundred ice surface. So, yeah, the the only other thing about the Leafs is like getting tougher. You know, I've got a couple guys like Delorier for one, uh, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Zach McEwen, Prince Edward Islander. I mean, these guys are both free agents. They both fight a ton. They're both tough. If you're Dubas, you got to think, okay, Wayne Simmons, he's got to be out sooner or later, and you got to bring in someone with uh, this kind of mentality because that's what you need. Yeah, I wonder if you can convince Simmons to retire and then you he can, like, work in the organization or something because I, I wouldn't – I don't think he can really play anymore. I don't think you can expect him to play every night. But if he, if he could pivot, like you said, you bring in a McEwen, you bring in a, a Delorier that would fit that same role and are, are better than him right now, I think, yeah, I think that's, a, that's, a smart, that's a smart fit. The, those guys might be too strong and too tall, too tall for Kyle's liking, though. Yeah, one guy that's strong but maybe not as tall, uh, and I love, I'd love to see him in a Leafs jersey, is your boy Brandon Lemieux. Um, mm. If this guy gets signed, oof. I, I mean, that'd be a perfect signing for this team because he is going to bring that uh, that Marshawn, Brendan Gallagher, like, bite to him where right. he's going to piss people off, but his teammates love him. Yeah, I would like that too because I, I think he's got some upside more than just a fourth liner. To me, uh, with, with the amount of skill they have in that roster, I think he can score more goals than he has so far. Yeah. yeah. And you look at guys like uh, that have had some success. McKay have just had a career season. He is not exactly Mr. Uh, Mr. Goal scorer. Uh, Bunting has had some, uh, Zach Hyman is not. So I think Lemieux could fit with any line on this team and he, he'd bring something different to the table. Absolutely. Yeah. No. It's... And he, he plays like his dad. He's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Nobody likes him unless you're on his team. And, I don't know if, if you watched the, the the documentary Unrivaled yet on the uh, Avs and Red No, Wings. but I've heard other people talk about it. It's supposed to be amazing. Yeah, I watched it last week. It's I recommend it to everybody. It's it's incredibly captivating. But Where can people seeing, watch it, Juggy? I, I think you can find it on tsn.ca. It's okay. called E60. 
and occasionally they replay it. I, I'd look for it if you like um, go through the TSN channels the next couple of days and just scroll ahead. Sometimes because oh, there's not that much on TV right now because there's no sports. So in particular next week uh, with nothing on, it, it would be a good time to yeah to, to find it because it might be on. But I, I watched it last week and it, it's great seeing your boy Darren McCarty, Lemieux, and it, it, it was a personal personal rivalry. So that that I think Brendan would bring some of that piss and vinegar from from the bloodline. That's what you need. You need those guys in your bottom six with your Colorado. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they got a lot of that there for sure. What did you make of the Valerie Nakushkin extension for Colorado? Yeah, I mean, uh, if he plays like he played last year, both in the regular season, the postseason, that's great. Is he going to? I have a hard time believing. So you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I think he's a really skilled guy. I think he's got all talent. He's obviously got the shot. He's got the length. Um, you know. But is he going to do that every game for you for the next six years? Was it six years? Yep, six years. Yeah. I, I have a hard time believing so. But you still need to add some of those guys back. They still have to add guys. So, I mean, this this isn't signing that you know you're okay with. And he earned it. Yeah, I think he definitely earned it. And he's he's 27. So, he, I still think he's got a couple of years, a number of years left in his prime. And – I, I just I think he's more confident now than he ever was. He had to go back to Russia. He had to battle through the Dallas situation again. And he, to me, he just fits in Colorado. So you play him with, with the same guys that he has been, and he keeps the same role, and he's got the same coach. So, you know, just keep things the same. I think for him is a really good thing. You know, having change again, I don't think would have been great for his career. So I like I like the deal. It might not be great at the end of it. But they're still in a window where they want to win. Uh, McKinnon is under contract after is eligible to be resigned this summer. He's got one year left, so you still got the core of that team there. And I, I like the fact that they that they brought him back uh, on this deal. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think it was going to be Hammer Burakovsky, and uh, mm -hmm. I, I have no problem taking him because I think, like you said, he does. He has a lot of upside. That confidence was something I didn't mention before, but you're absolutely right. You see that part that especially this year out of any year that popped out so much for him. So keep him in that top six and I'm sure he'll uh, continue to play like that. Is there any lock signings that you have going into free agency? I, I have a bunch of guys signed with uh, teams beside their names. I don't know if you want to run through some of them and then we can kind of. Yeah, no, let's, let, let's, let, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Start okay. us off. Um, uh, first of all, let's start with the, one of the three, the big boys here, Claude Giroux. Where do you think he's going? You going home? Probably. I think he's 33 or 34. He's not a yeah. young cat. No, he's uh, mid-30s for sure. And Ottawa, I'm trying to be nice to Ottawa lately because I've been told I'm hard on them. I got a text right before the podcast saying, are you going to suck off these ends in this podcast? I won't say which which person's listening. But I, know, I know who sent that text. Uh, <laughs> well, um. Yeah, I do think he'll go back to Ottawa. They they do Me need too. a centerman. I'm I'm real. If they could get him, say three years, fifteen, I'd be totally fine with that contract. I think that's fair. Do I think he's going to get signed for fifteen million? No, this is a perfect world. 
That's the type of deal I'd be comfortable with. Anything past four years, I'm screaming. I'm on a highway and there's a semi coming at me, you know, head on mm -hmm. collision. But Ottawa does need, I love that they went out and got to brink at, I, they got him for nothing. They basically yeah. had to trade him for a, a scrap heap. So I, I like that they got to brink at, I do think they need another centerman. Drew's okay. I just hope it's for the right dollar amount. So if there was another centerman or another centerman who just said he was going to test free agency, would you take the chance on Evgeny Melkin if it was a year or two year deal? No, no, not even. Eh? I no, I. To He's me, probably a little older, but to me, I just I I don't I don't see the same guy anymore. I I I don't even think he's. 50% of what he used to be. And for, for a team that I think he's either going to, he'll hit the market and maybe the market will tell him, Hey, you're not that good anymore, which could happen. And he might go back to Pittsburgh and they'll say, okay, we'll take you. But that's also, I wouldn't take him back if I was Pittsburgh, but I see him going to Pittsburgh or he's a Russian might take it personally. Go back. And he goes and joins his buddy Ovi in Washington. Okay. Okay. I thought you were going to say he's going to go back to the K. I was like, okay. Well, well it's a little unstable over there with the yeah. whole war. And uh, yeah, I think he knows that, the checks going to cash in, in North in uh, the U S right now. So I think he'll stay in the U S but where do you have, yeah. where do you have him going? I, I have a blank. He's blank next to me. Blank. <laughs> Cause yeah. if, if the, 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 the Penguins have to sign Kapanen, Heinen and Rodriguez, if they want to keep the same nucleus they had last year, which, was good for the most part. There was some obviously there's some holes, but those guys all play pretty decent, I would say. If they keep those guys, then they're gonna have to get rid of Malkin. There's just no way they could get everyone in there. Um, but if they let those guys walk, yeah, Malkin can come back for sure. Um, I don't know what the number is for him. I can't give a exact, you know, exact percentage, but to me it'd be tough with Washington just where they don't have a ton of room left to squeeze. But if he was really salty and said, you know what, I've been a penguin my whole life. F you, you don't want to pay me. I'm going to go switch sides and I'll go to your, your main rival. Then that would be, uh, that'd be interesting. I'd be intrigued by that too. Yeah. He just, he seems like a vindictive guy and you'd want to get back at them. So he'd yeah. go to Washington just to spite them, which would, which would be compelling next year in its own right, just to see those matchups uh, in the Metropolitan. Yeah, they need who's, a little spark. Who's next up on your list? Uh, we might as well go with the, the, the main one, the big guy here, Johnny Hockey. Um, I, I have down Philly. I think that they're going to send JVR's contract somewhere else. I think they're going to get rid of maybe Travis Samheim now that they got Tony D'Angelo there. I think they're going to make the moves necessary for him to go. I know New Jersey is obviously another location everyone keeps saying, but I don't know. I, I don't like him going to that culture in New Jersey. I like where they're going up. I think they're progressing at the right speed, and I wouldn't want mm -hmm. someone like that to go in there and mess that up. Totally agree on that. I They're getting better. Signing Goudreau might derail that because he he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not signing him for seven years at – He's turned down nine and a half. So that means he wants more in the open market. So that means wow. at least 10. I'm not doing that because I, I just, I don't have faith. He's going to be a great player. What I've been thinking for New Jersey is their best play. They got a good team. I, 
I think the draft in the early free agency was a loot was a big L for them. I, I thought they'd get to brink at, I thought that was a trade they could pull off. Then I thought they were going to get obviously Slavhovsky because I predict, I thought Shane Wright would go one. They didn't get him. They get Nemec. Okay. That's fine. They do need defense help. For me, their move is to sign Richard Ponick, who is still negotiating with Tampa, but there's no deal. Free agency starts tomorrow. We can talk to anybody. He's a veteran. He's a winner. He's got he can play with some of those young kids that he can be a really good he, – he can play top line right wing. He's done it forever in Tampa. He's an extremely valuable piece. Do you, do you mean and Palat? And he would cost Andre, half of what Goudreau does. You mean Andre Pallott? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you just said a different name. I just wanted to be on the same page. Yeah, Andre Pallott. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I have Pallott going back to Tampa, but – you know, maybe he does want something else. He's got the cups now. Maybe if he signs the big contract, like if he signed at seven million for, say, four years, I don't think anyone's going to dispute that he's earned that and that he make a big impact on that team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it would just be interesting there with, with that with that core, and I do think you Tampa wants him back desperately. I'm sure Stamkos oh, is yeah. helping in the pursuit, saying what what can we do? You know, and I, I think he wants to. He's only played for Tampa. He's yeah, only oh played no. for John Cooper. Cooper coached him in the American League. It's the only coach he's ever had at the pro level. So it's hard to see that relationship not working. But again, they haven't found a deal yet. So every hour that goes by, there's teams can get involved and make a better pitch. Yeah. Yeah. This whole uh, waiting period doesn't make any sense because you know that teams and their agents and everyone's been talking, you know, even though it's not supposed to happen, but you get that deal five minutes after. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, the, the free agency opens, and you're like, okay, well, these guys talked like ten days ago. Um, but where where do you think Johnny's ending up? Not to pass over him, and if you don't yeah. think he's a New Jersey cat, do you have a place for him for him? I don't see if they can't land Raquel. I think New Jersey's so desperate to be relevant, and they're so desperate to prove they're kind of in these Ottawa situation where they're young they're on the come up but they're not any good yet they traded for vanacek i don't love their goaltending situation but i think he'll go to new jersey on okay. a seven-year deal at, that's your probably. fear because you love watching new jersey so much you're like oh, i do I watch and if they do these big flashy moves i can't watch them next year because then they're too good like as you know my stance is if you start to get good well everybody watches the good teams i have to watch crap so i have to pick I, I can't pick ASU because I just can't do it. I can't watch Cassian and Lawson Krause. It'll be the slowest team. Like beer leagues will be faster than, than Arizona next year. <laughs> but I'll have to pick another team. Maybe Columbus. Maybe Columbus. Wow. Will be, uh, I, I have the summer to think about it. But if Ari if New Jersey, my devils, if they get Gaudreau, I'm 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 done. I'm off the bandwagon because they're trying to be they're trying to be competitive, and I can't have that. Yeah, let's hope Lane doesn't uh, get a deal going so that, that that they lose him too, and then <laughs> then you'll have a real reason to watch that team. Um, yeah, go down my list here. This is a guy I found very interesting. Traded in the off season. He, I thought he played okay. He wasn't particularly great in playoffs, but he did fine. Uh, ben Sherratt. Where do you think a guy like him ends up? Yeah, it's an interesting one because he's coming off a, a really good contract with Montreal. He, he was. Yeah, making you know he was on a low money, good like really good term, and he, he played above his value. 
He's getting up in age, however, and I think yeah, a team 30, you can't overpay for him. He no. to me, he's a he's about what he made in his last deal. You know, I, I think that's I think that's fair now that he's played up to that. Maybe get him at four million dollars, four times four, something like that. Mm-hmm. I look around, it, he really could go anywhere. I, I don't have a I look I, many teams could use him. Because again, having a, a top four defenseman that's just stable, that makes few mistakes, is is extremely valuable. And as I think about it, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins would be a good landing spot for Ben Chirot. They I think they could use another top four defenseman. And he's not a game changer, but I think he's better than Matheson. Matheson gets pushed down a peg, mm. and your your team just balances out better with a guy like Chirot on the roster. Yeah, I I have a team where uh, Torts is gone, but I feel like the ideology of the team and the way they play can still be can still be there. And I have the New York Islanders. I think that they they could use another backender, and uh, right. I think he would help out Sorokin a little bit, and he'd be like you said in that top four rotation. So if he plays, if they play the same way they did in you know the last three four seasons. Uh, he's a guy that'd be you could stick him in there and it'd be like he he was always playing there. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the Islanders do because I expect them to be competitive again next year. They're a team for me. They missed the playoffs, but they they had tough circumstances this year where they Absolutely. their first 16 games on the road and mm-hmm. it, it was tough for them. And they had they had like a COVID battle, but they it was they didn't suspend games. They just played American leaguers. I think they'll be a, a, a playoff team again next year, but I'm curious to see if, like you said, they could get a Sherratt. Do they ultimately trade for JT Miller? Does Vancouver mm. say, okay, we want they, – they could be an interesting team over the next couple of days to see what kind of action they, they pull off. Yeah, it won't happen right away, but what they give Noah Dobson and if they can right. convince him to take less so that the team can be competitive will be interesting too because, you know, he had a great year last year, but does he, does he put the ego behind him so that the team can be successful is going to be interesting. Yeah, and they just got Romanoff as well in the uh, yes. Kirby Dodge yeah, deal. Yeah. So I, I like that pickup for him to kind of find his career uh, in Absolutely. Long Island. Um, this guy obviously traded from Winnipeg. He was a stud, I think, for his team and had a, had a fairly good playoff run in his own right. Uh, Andrew Kopp, where does the copper, where does he land? I'll tell you where he'd be a perfect fit. They can't afford him, but your Leafs. I I thought that would <laughs> no, be that they can't. The, no, no, I thought that was the perfect guy for them. I I, I love Andrew Kopp. He yeah. he could play on my team any day, every day, and twice on Sunday. <sighs> I'm gonna go with the Calgary Flames, mm. and I think they're gonna lose Johnny Hockey. They're gonna have a lot of money <laughs> to they throw do. that around, yeah. and they got to sign Kachuk, but that was going towards their salary cap anyway. So they know they gotta they gotta do that deal. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say cop because I think they could use the the momentum up front, and I don't think Naz will go to Calgary. I think he stays. He goes out east. So I'm gonna say Andrew Cop is a perfect fit for the Flames. They want to stay competitive. He just went to a conference final, and he's a he can be your number two center in my opinion, especially on a good yeah, team. Absolutely. Is there talks about uh, Naz and Kadri going to Calgary? I heard that they were in the mix. And obviously that was kind of debunked because if you recall back in the day when he was a leaf, he actually vetoed a trade to Calgary. They had a deal done originally. Nazem was going to be a Calgary flame and he had a a partial no trade. 
they were on his no trade. So he said, no, I'm not going to Calgary, thinking that him saying no to that trade, the lease was stopped trying to trade him. They ultimately shipped him off to Colorado and turned out pretty good for Naz and a good veto. But it's okay. It's okay. Calgary is in a good position. They got salary cap, and if they lose Goudreau, you could add Nazem as a as a number two center. I think it's a long shot, but again, who knows? Again, they're 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 a competitive team. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I instead of Calgary, I have them going to the L, other Alberta team or Andrew Cop that is, anyways. If Edmonton? he goes to Edmonton, if like they that. get they get Campbell signed and they'll be able to figure some things out. I think he'd be that that would be a, such a significant step for Edmonton to get a guy like that. Yes. Because they need someone down below who's going to be such a quality defensive player in their bottom six or right. even in their middle six if they want to start shuffling them there. Um, but, yeah, I think that will go a long way. It kind of just depends on what they give Campbell and what they give uh, Pooley Arby, who's a restricted free agent this year. Yeah, I expect Pooley Arby to be traded. They yeah. might sign him, but I expect him to, they. He just doesn't fit. I think he needs a new team and to see if he can have an NHL career because it's been disappointing to this point. But I like the Edmonton uh, uh, model there. Absolutely. Another player I think fits very well with Edmonton because they got Caprum now with retirements and long term IR Cassian, and yeah, Cassian yeah. being gone is Nick Letty. He's uh, a yeah. UFA. He's had a lot of success. He's always on winning teams, Nick Letty. And yeah. he's, he's only 31. I looked up his age the other day. I think he's like 35. He's 31. He's just been, a, been a, in the league seemingly forever. Uh, I think he fits extremely well into that defense core. And I think he steps into your top four with, right away. Yeah, with Keith retiring, they need somebody like that yes. now. They're going to need to fill that hole even though um, you have Bouchard and Proberg and these guys stepping up. There's still yeah. there's still room for uh, a veteran defenseman like Letty to, to you know guide these guys and put in those minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, How about Naz? We've, we've, we've kind yeah. of found him, but where, where do you see Naz going? Yeah. I looked it up online. I just have such a hard time with what he's going to ask for and what he, the location he wants to go. Cause he seems fairly picky, but right. the location for maybe not him. I mean, he's got the cup now, but if he wants to make the long contract, why not Seattle? I mean, you know, he could be a mentor to so many young players there, Shane Wright, Matt Berners, that he would be able to be the first line center if he wanted to, and then, you know, take a back seat when these guys develop and become, you know, eventually all stars. But that's the, yeah, that's the location I had in mind. Obviously, you, like you said, you think he's going to stick out east and he's going to come back to the Eastern Conference. But um, yeah, no, that's, that's kind of where I see him fit. Um, because there's so many teams that have already kind of locked up in the middle with their one twos, right? That it, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, Calgary was a location because they don't have a lot of money uh, already spent up the middle, besides Sean Monahan. But yeah, um, yeah, that's a brutal contract. <laughs> uh, but where do you you think he's going east? Is are we talking New Jersey? Are we talking Philly? Where are we going? He's going to the nation's capital. He's going to the really? Washington Capitals. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, I to me, Backstrom goes on long term IR. So yeah. he's gonna miss the entire regular season, even if he's healthy in March, he won't play because cap. So they'll 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 work that route, yeah. but it opens up a lot of room and you got you can pair hit you got Kuznetsov, Kadri, one two punch. That's pretty good. You got you've got Ovechkin, Will a healthy Tom Wilson coming off ACL surgery. 
They they got money now. That they got to be able to find a goalie. I expect Darcy Kemper to end up in Washington as well. I expect Washington to be a busy day because yeah. if if they don't get Darcy Kemper, I don't know they did who the hell they do yeah. get because to me the fact that they didn't qualify Samsonov tells me they're pretty confident that they're getting somebody because otherwise I think you just keep Samsonov by default. You play him for a season and then you go from there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, that's exactly who I have Kemper down as. The the team that needs to win right now and right. needs the goalie the most is definitely Washington. I mean, if you're going to keep Ovi and the rest of the crew there, then you're in a win-now mentality, but it's what it screams out to me. So adding Kadri and Kemper would be, I mean, obviously both of those guys, cup-winning team, they bring that mentality in there, and I, I think that's a really dangerous pairing. And then obviously if you get to the playoffs, you get next – the Nicholas Backstrom back. I think that'd be awesome. What about John well, Klingberg? John Klingberg. Uh, this is one that you're you're maybe not going to like. Uh, okay. Um, because I know you love this team and you love oh. particularly one player on this team oh. uh, a lot. Uh, but oh. I have John Klingberg going to Carolina. No. Yeah. Yeah. I have John Klingberg replacing Tony D'Angelo on that top PP. Um, and you know, it, it, it to me it makes sense. They lost a top four defenseman. I, I look in the pipeline, they don't have a ton of guys that I think of that are going to be elite prospects just coming up. They have some room, they have contracts they still need to get done. Uh, Niedermeyer and Trocek are both guys who are unsigned as of tomorrow. So, yeah, I just, I just think they could use that puck moving defenseman and uh, replace Tony uh, in the top four, but obviously it could come with a sacrifice. How much money do you think he's gonna want? I think he's gonna want. I think he's gonna want the Matias Alcom deal, six point six and a quarter, for six years or five years. I I think More? he's gonna sign for nine million plus. If he signs for nine million plus, I I I will. What am I gonna do? On a bet, twenty bucks. Yeah, I'll bet you. I'll bet you a case of beer. Okay, I bet you a case of beer that he, he will not sign for nine million. Even okay. if it's, so, even if he signs for eight point nine 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 nine. Okay, okay. Why nine why? million? Why? Why is that because what you heard? Because no, I haven't heard a thing. It's been so quiet on the Klingberg front. I. Right. He's just the best D available, so teams are going to get Fair. desperate. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's not that many great D available. It's kind of a, a weird frequency when it comes to the defense market. It was last year, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't love him at all, as you know. I, I <laughs> to me, he's not worth six. I know you don't I, like him. Heiskanen's a much better player, but the fact that you're the best, like Dougie Hamilton got nine, and they're not that far apart. <laughs> you know, they're both not number one defensemen, if you ask me, but to there's dumb organizations out there that I think will overpay him. I don't think it'll be Carolina because they're too cheap. They, <laughs> That's I would have kept D'Angelo. The, D'Angelo only got five million from Philly. I would have kept him for five. It, again, yeah. he's questionable history and and all that with with some of his antics. But I I think Klingberg, you might win this bet because you might get eight and a half. I might have went too high on the over. I might just be feeling it lately. He's been winning some bets. Yeah, but uh, I I think he's gonna get a, a pile of money tomorrow. Eight eight and a half, even eight and a half to me is just like oh, it's crazy. Know. It's 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 ludicrous. I 
And to think he gets over seven to me is just I, I don't that's, know. But you're right. There could be some dumb. There's some dumb organizations there with a lot of cap room. Like you look at Detroit. Detroit has like thirty-one million dollars right now in cap. Like they could just splurge on a big on three or four big contracts and they'd be done. Kadri might end up there. You could, yeah. yeah. They got all that money. Yeah. Like they might want to say, seven. let's try to be competitive. They got a good yeah. goalie tandem. Yeah, yeah. I actually, that's where I have uh, Vincent Trocheck going. Is uh, like that is there? Yeah, they need yeah. a second line centerman, and he'd fit the bill perfectly. Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd like that fit because he's a guy that competes too. You get those young players competing every night, like, and just not just a pushover team anymore. That would, yeah. that that would be a good fit as well. Any other players that you had down that you? Uh, no, had? we we covered most of them. I think the uh, I Burakovsky going to San Jose. Uh, nice. um, I think he's won his couple cups. He wants the bank now. He wants a he wants a big paycheck, and I think San Jose is desperate for guys for sure. So I think that they'd be willing to give him a nice contract, even though they don't have a ton of room. Um, but yeah, no, Nita Ryder signing, re-signing in uh, Carolina. I would say Perron re-signing in St. Louis. I have uh, I had Manson going to Seattle. I figured they'd nice. need another back ender, but um, where, where do you think he ends up? He's a guy that's interesting now that he's. You know, right. Yeah. Probably big deal. You mentioned all these teams with cap space, like Detroit. He could go there. They need defensemen. Yeah. He he's used to playing for bad teams, so it's not like he's you know he's been doing it for for a while, for his whole career basically until this year. So I could see him taking more money and go play for a bet and hoping like going to Seattle or even going to Detroit to me is not a crazy move because I love what they're doing there. I. Mm. I their last couple draft I mean, this year, Marco Casper, they took in the draft. I love him. He's my my sneaky pick of the draft. The Austrian just love that one. They got Simon Edvidson, who might play pro this year, who's a Swedish defenseman. You know, Mo Sider's my guy. I mean, I, he's like my unborn child. Mo Sider, I, I love him so much. <laughs> Lucas Rain. a lot if you're saying that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Child. child. <laughs> but uh, I, I like what they're doing in Detroit. So yeah. adding a guy like Manson and they might not be that far away from at least competing. I'm not saying making the playoffs, but being in the mix in say March might be something that is attainable for Detroit next season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One team um, we only talked about briefly with the uh, Drew, but is Sens making another move? Are they going to push for somebody else? I know uh, Josh Norris is still at RFA, but I don't know what he is going to get. He's had a couple good years. Yeah, there's so I was. I mean, my initial thought is goaltending, but there's really nothing available. You know, no, they might scared. just ride with what they have. And I think Drew, if you had Drew and Debrinkat, that's a pretty big off season, obviously, to to get those two big pieces. Maybe they add somebody on the back end that has some substance and try to improve that defense score a, a little bit. That could be something I see them doing. Oh, I never, I forgot this name. He's an old leaf. I forgot to ask it. Where does Ilya Mikheyev end up? No. Oh. Um, yeah, the suit man, he probably goes to, I don't know. See, he's interesting. Cause I think someone's willing to overpay him. Someone will, someone's going to say, you yeah. know what? You've had a good, you've had a good year, you know, 20 goals. What? Just trying to think of who would be that naive. <laughs> um, the uh, devils maybe. It maybe, yeah. If they got, if they got, if they lock their shit down and they've got enough for Brad and all their other restricted free agents, I could see them doing that, adding a, a third, a good third line center to their squad. Probably be smarter than 
adding your boy Johnny Hockey for sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Maybe, a, I don't know, maybe a Calgary. That'd be kind of a different environment for them, but right. they're going to have the room. So I wouldn't sign him for more than $3 million. <laughs> I think he wants four. That's why he's leaving is because yeah. four is his magic number. But yeah, I mean, you really haven't, you only had like one good year and the other years you, you shown that you could be potential, but injuries and other things have gone the way. So he'd scare me. That's for sure. Just cause he, he had one season where he proved he's got hands and the rest of this rest of his seasons, he's had none. So that's obviously a scary Funny about Russian players. I, eh? when they perform during their contract years, uh, yeah. little... old Alex Semen was the king of it. He was the, <laughs> he was the best of playing well in a contract year. I didn't get you on last week, and it was NBA free agency. Mm. And I thought your Celtics had a great free agency. I like what they did a lot. Me too. But I wanted to get your thoughts on Kevin Durant. I've had the opinion that he's going to be in Brooklyn come Labor Day. I don't think he's going to be traded. I just don't see a fit. And I think Brooklyn has no incentive to trade him. What's your take on him asking out, and do you see him ultimately getting moved? Yeah, I, I don't. I see him being there as well on opening day. Um, I, I, I just think the trade into that the trade values that they're getting back is just not what the GM expected. Obviously, he thought he was getting a haul. And if this was 25, 26-year-old Kevin Durant, you might get those hauls. But it's 33, you're going to be 34, Kevin Durant. And that's a lot different. And, you know, for these franchises, you got to think of from their end, like, am I going to, we'll take Toronto, for example, because there always seems to be in the mix. Am I going to give up OG Aminobi and then Scotty Burns? And then what? I have Kevin Durant and a few other guys around me to, to try and build something off of. Like, you're not much, you're not stepping much further ahead by doing right. that, right? So, and on top of that, probably losing picks. So I, I think it makes sense. Kevin Durant is he's one of the goats of Twitter, I call him, because he's just always firing tweets out and he's always doing things. So I'm not surprised that he's kind of stirred up the pod a little bit because that's just what Brooklyn's done over the last two years, it feels like it's just found a way to be in the in the front paper. So no, I I, I don't see him going anywhere. I think Kevin Durant is a Brooklyn net. And uh yeah, I, I I still think their team is very interesting and very competitive. Like Obviously, if he was traded and they got a bunch of pieces back, great. You know, you might have Kyrie, you might have Simmons and some other great pieces. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I don't think Durant could go anywhere. And if he did, I, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, the the Phoenix trade, they Out don't the get window. back. I, I don't unless you're trading Devin Booker back, which defeats the purpose. I'm not doing that deal. Yeah. Miami doesn't have. I don't, Tyler Hero, you want two white jump shooters and pick swaps? I'm not interested in that. Toronto and, and Golden State can provide the best packages, but I don't. Golden State's got such great young talent. They, they think they can build a champion even when Steph and Draymond Clay are older. So yeah. I don't think they want to break that up. Yeah, I, for Kevin, I just, you signed a deal. Like, suck it up. Go, go. Prove to Brooklyn why they did sign you. Like, go win. Go go be competitive because, to me, it's just sour grapes and him taking Kyrie's side, which makes no sense in the world because Kyrie's done nothing but hurt Kevin Durant's career since he got to Brooklyn. Really, yeah. It was just a bad taste in your mouth every time. I mean, so what? Like, you got, you're got surrounded by this controversy all the time. It takes away from how great your team is. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. got swept last year, but 
you know what? Maybe if Ben Simmons on the court, you win a game. Maybe you win two games. And you know what? Why are you why are you gonna ruin that this year by playing with this guy? But that's you know, that's how it goes. I, I don't know. Maybe Nets management and Nets owners are crazy and I I don't understand that, but yeah, there's there's a lot lot to be seen here, and uh, if I had to put money on it, I don't think he's going anywhere. No, I, I don't think congrats, so. Either. Congrats on you calling the AT uh, trade, by the way, the old trade and sign. That was uh, something yeah. you stewed up for a long time, so someone on this podcast must be listening to you. Finally, yeah, I got something right. Uh, yeah, I'm still waiting for that Patrick Kane. If Patrick Kane gets dealt to New York, I will celebrate for the rest of the summer because I've been pontificating about that forever. And it will happen. I'm not giving up hope. I'm betting the New York Rangers will get him, but we'll see. I'll buy a Kane jersey, Kane New York jersey, just for the pod, and I'll wow. lay it up in there. That's okay. a, that's a guarantee. All right. What are the thoughts on Ja Morant saying that he could beat MJ one on one in prime? This is so stupid. <laughs> like, I had to bring it up. Beat Steph Curry one on one now. Like, I like, could you maybe don't get hurt in the playoffs? I don't know. Yeah. Like. Stay healthy for once. Okay, you're gonna. I like Memphis. I like Jaw for the most part, but this like, I hate an opinion, a take that you can't prove. You know, hmm. yeah. like he can't. MJ's not gonna. MJ's sixty years old. He's not playing you in one on one. Like it's it's okay, great. You think you can beat him, but there's no there's no way you can back it up because it's just it's just fodder at this point. Yeah. No. It's yeah. I I just had to bring it up because so many people are talking about it. So. I love love the controversy, love the cockiness. It's uh, it's what makes you know, it's what makes great TV. Well, these sports debate shows, they need anything to talk about right now because the NBA is dark. There's no football yet. There's it's just, again, it's becoming towards the dark zone where next week is the uh, All Star break and mm. uh, home run derby and all that crap. So you know, I'll be tuning in the old home. I know you will. Run That's why next Tuesday, I need you to be on it. I need you to provide that coverage because you know I will not be watching it. Yeah, I heard your podcast yesterday, and it's a great little yeah. spoiler warning for all the folks out there listening. It's, yeah, it's you know, not an all-star guy. Yeah, not not an all. I'm one thing I'm happy with baseball with Pujols and Cabrera are going to the all-star. I think that's a good idea. You have two veterans. Again, I'm not going to watch the game, but I think it's good that you're sending two legends of the sport to the all-star game. So I, I like that idea. Absolutely. Yeah, they need they need more of that. So. I, I gave you a task last night, and mm. like I said, NHL, that's really the last week we'll hear big hockey news in all likelihood with free agency. NBA's going dark. Football, no football talk for a couple weeks until training camp's open. Baker's been traded. All that's done, so there's not much to report. So the rest of summer, minus those three sports, what is your top storyline to, to follow that you're thinking about for the remainder of summer? You know, I, I took a long time to think about this because I didn't want to make something generic and something cheesy that I could just throw up there. And, you know, I researched my tennis and I, I know nothing about tennis and I researched my soccer and I know nothing about soccer. One thing I know I, a little bit about from listening to you and, you know, a little read up is golf. And right. I think one very interesting topic and one interesting timeline that could come up is the Live Golf Tour. And right. I'll explain why. We have one more major coming up this weekend. Yes. Probably the, I wouldn't say the worst major, but it's probably the less tuned in major of all four of them, probably. 
Um, most of those people overseas just love watching that, which I, they probably do. <laughs> After this, what, what what are the big events for the PGA? I'll let I'll let you say what are the big ones. It's it's pretty quiet the last rest of July. You got the Rocket Mortgage uh, coming up in Detroit in August. The the it's the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs, so you do have a couple weekends. Yes. But again, that's just for PGA Tour players. So it, it it gets there's a big pot at the end. the The winner gets fifteen million dollars. So that's a good little prize. Oh, but fifteen, yeah, yeah. But basically, it's FedEx Cup playoffs, and you're heading towards the end of the season. I think that. You'll start to see, and this is just a prediction, and this is obviously just spectacle. You see PGA start to decline a little bit at the end after this major, mm-hmm. and I think you'll see Liv start to ramp up. And why? I think a lot of these older players that maybe stuck around for this year, next year, I don't have any specific names. They know that they're this is it. Like they they probably got one last chance at this major coming up this weekend, and right. before they're out of gas and before they got nothing left, they'll probably leave and they'll go to the tour, the Live Tour get their paychecks, get their, their last cash out. And I also think besides Matt Wolf, there'll be one big player that will leave before the end of the season. And they'll, they'll same thing. He'll get his big paycheck, but it'll create enough controversy and enough stir that people will tune into the live and they'll see what's going on. That's, that's like I said, that's just, a, that's just what I'm predicting. It's my hypothesis. Maybe it's not, maybe they're not, but I see the live just going all out for the months. I mean, for a month and a half of summer into September and just doing something crazy so that they uh, they grab that attention and that viewership. This is the time to do it. If you're live, this is exactly the yeah, time to strike is right now. I think their next event is at Mar-a-Lago, the Trump golf. Go uh, <laughs> figure there. Uh, <laughs> I think they got two different <laughs> Trump golf courses on the schedule. So, yeah. yeah, good old Greg Norman there. I, I like that one for sure. I. To me, Spieth is a guy that's destined for the live. I don't know why. Really? I, I love him too. I love he, again. He's still a good player. He's still winning, but he's such a snap show. And uh, his caddy probably going to recommend. Could you go play live so I don't have to sit with you on the bag as much anymore because you're such a pain in the ass. But uh, he kind of, for some reason, I see Jordan Spieth taking look, liking the live tour. But yeah, no, that's a good one. I, I think golf is definitely on there. You mentioned the Open Championship is this weekend, and it, it should be fun. Earlier start times, obviously, in the UK. So you, yeah. you watch golf from like 4 a.m. until like 4 in the afternoon. So it's a different little any, setup. Any predictions for you? I know you probably talk about it on Wednesday but or tomorrow, but any, anything crazy uh, you think that's going to happen? Yeah, obviously, Tiger's interesting to watch because it might be his last trip to St. Andrews, and he's yeah. talked about how it's his favorite course. To me, Rory McIlroy is still – he's still right there for me when it comes to – he's having a great season. He's been a, a voice of the PGA Tour. He's dialed in, and obviously, Shoffley's won his last two events that he's played. Uh, but I, I think Rory is still a big favorite going into this. He knows this course. He grew up o- overseas. And I, I like Euros to play well in Europe. Uh, normally, again, that doesn't always uh, translate. But I, I, I like Rory uh, for sure. I think John Rahm's a sneaky He hasn't had a great year. Mm. Cantley had a good finish at the Scottish. So just a few names to, to think about. Yeah, no, I, I'd love to see a Euro win. I mean, we already saw Fitzpatrick win one, but right. it's, it's always great to see someone win one. Well, 
on home soil. So yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I don't got any names on the, on the top of my head, but uh, yeah, to see, I, I mean, this guy is not a top competitor, but to see Tommy Fleetwood win over there would mm. be uh, pro- probably be the best thing I've ever seen in golf. I think, I think people would be fired up for sure. They saw their old boy, Tommy hit yeah. a couple of birdies on a yeah. Sunday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What about you? What's your story for the rest of the summer? Yeah, my storyline for the rest of the summer, like you said, I could have went baseball. Yeah. But it's hard to find one thing. You know, there's obviously I could have went Homer Blue Jays, but I don't. I'm not doing that. Manfred saving the game. Man, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> I could have went Otani because he's fantastic and he's just superhuman. But I went with, I went with the UFC. Okay. And I, I, this is an UFC continues to grow, but I look at this as another huge opportunity because the UFC has partnered with ABC ESPN and they actually have a card this weekend on national television on ABC. So not only are they going global where they got events in Abu Dhabi, but this summer for people that don't like the UFC, you're going to get to see Juliana, Juliana Pena fight Amanda Nunez again to see if the, the GOAT can beat Pena the second time around. You got Kamara Usman fighting again. To me, this is just a stacked summer of UFC. And with not many sporting events, UFC can take over the world for a couple months. Yeah, Saturdays are going to be very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, that's that's a good one. I, the UFC never came to mind because I you know, I don't know the sport as well as you and some of the other friends. But, yeah, it would be, be a good time for sure, especially – looking forward to the weekend, you know, you get ramped up and you hear mm-hmm. everything, you get the the press conferences, which I love. And, you know, mm-hmm. so many snap shows and so many chirps on Twitter. Yeah. Could be, could be good. Could be interesting. What, what, what fight are you most looking, looking forward to? Was it Usman's or is it? Um, yeah. Pretty- this summer, if I had to pick, I love watching Derek Lewis fight the black beast. <laughs> He's fighting a couple weeks. Right. Uh, yeah, Usman hasn't fought since he fought. Uh, he, he broke his hand the last time he fought, and he, he's, it's been over. It's almost close to a year. He and he's gonna fight Leon Edwards, who he beat one time already. But Edwards is a much different fighter now. But I want to see Usman win, and then he. I wanted to see him fight Kamzat Chimaev so bad. Chimaev is, I think, just such a star in the sport. He he just beat Gilbert Burns a couple months ago in a great tilt. So. I would say Usman just because he to me he's the he's the guy you got to turn into. He's the pound for pound best fighter in the world, and he's must see television. So that that I would probably say Usman, yeah. Okay, I'm looking forward to that then. Well, Before we'll have to have another reunion where uh, we get together and watch one either here or your place. Absolutely, I'm down 100 percent for that this summer. Before we go, uh, we lost James Con last week. Yes. He passed away at age 82. Rest in peace. Great actor. Legend. Legend. And we, you know, we lost um, Ray Liotta, just, and we lost Tony Sirico from uh, from P- Polly Walnuts from Sopranos. Uh, Sopranos. James Caan, I think we both agree his best movie is The Godfather. Absolutely. I think, I think it's the best movie of all time. But uh, yeah. what's his second best movie? Oof. Doesn't, isn't he – is he the one that's in uh, – this is probably not his second best movie, but – is he the one that's in uh, That's My Boy? And he plays the – and he plays the – Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he plays, plays the, the priest. Church. Yeah, he yeah. plays the priest. 
I always get a kick out of that. And the fact that he <laughs> they they got him to be that role and he kicks right. <laughs> he kicks his ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, is I mean, yeah, clearly he's got a ton of great movies. Right, just off the top of my head, I'm, just give me a second. I'll, I'll find he's one. an elf. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. He's See, the place for me, it's misery. I love misery. I think yeah. it's a great well movie known, with, right. with the great Kathy Bates. Like I I I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, no, an unbelievable actor in his own right. Yeah, he, did he pass away from sickness or was he just at old age? I think he, I think he was shooting stuff and he just kind of passed away, kind of like Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta was was shooting a movie and he just kind of died in his sleep. So okay, yeah, I don't know that. and uh, but yeah, two. I mean, a lot of mafia guys are, have passed away the last couple of weeks, and a, a lot of great shows and a lot of great movies. But yeah, Polly Walnuts. This. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's been there will ever be a character like that again. Where it's like he goes from being so funny and like just charismatic mm -hmm. to being like so serious and like I don't know. He's gonna shoot your tits yeah, off. Yeah, he's he's certainly an interesting character. Old Paulie yeah. Wall. He kept you kept you entertained for sure. Well, good luck in free agency tomorrow for your oh, lease. See what you can do. We'll be texting. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yes, I very much appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be talking over the phone. I'm sure Casey will have something to say as well. So, no, appreciate your time, and we'll be uh, talking to you soon. All right. Talk to you later, buddy. Thanks, Laddie. Seamus, we're always great to have Shay on on a Tuesday. Joins on early. Good chat today. Lots of lots to get into. We chalked it up. Hope you guys enjoyed that. So, be back tomorrow. We're going to the talk some. I didn't get into baseball today, but we'll get into it tomorrow. Re recap all of free agency tomorrow. We're gonna again tomorrow's a free agency pod. It we're gonna talk about it all. I'm gonna break it down, see if any of my predictions come true, and react and you know read and react to everything that happens tomorrow and all the anarchy that I see happening. So we'll talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy free agency. This to the point. <laughs>